0: Book of Haggai, chapter number two, verse number one says In the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord to the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshedech, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes, in comparison of it, as nothing? And yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you. Everybody say, I am with you. Saith the Lord of hosts. Say it again. For I am with you. Saith the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. So my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while. And I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations. Everybody say all nations. All nations. That includes the good old U.S. of A today. All nations. Right. All nations. And the desire, everybody say the desire, desire. of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater. Everybody say greater. Greater. Than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace. Everybody say "Peace." Peace. Saith the Lord of hosts. Now look at Hebrews chapter 12. Verse number 25 with me there. The Bible says, See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not him that, that who refused him that spake on the earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away that him that speaketh from heaven, Amen. whose voice then shook the earth... But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made. That those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved... Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. I want to preach to you this morning on the shaking and the glory and the kingdom that can not. Be moved. Help me pray, Father. Thank you for the privilege that we have together, Lord God, across this property today. God, we have Lord, the best that we can for one purpose, and that is the glory of Jesus. No other reason. We're trusting you, we're following you, we're asking you to speak, Lord God, in this place. Let the word go beyond even here, God, to reach the hearts of men who are perishing, God, without you. I pray, strengthen your body, anoint us to heal and preach today and fill this house with glory. God, let us leave here saying, we've been amongst the glory of God. We'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Say, and your church said, amen. amen. And you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, looking at the Word of God this morning, we understand something about the book of Haggai. I was a prophet. He is, his These words were the record of his prophetic message that was given to a remnant of Jews, if you know anything about the background, who had been years in Babylonian captivity, but now this remnant who desired to return to their homeland were going there to rebuild the city and what would be known as the testimony of God in the earth at this time. Only a remnant would have that desire, but that was their desire to do and to go. No sooner than they had come, they had laid the foundation of the temple that they were met with great observation. How many know the devil just ain't going to let you build the testimony of Jesus in your life? They were met with opposition. In the moving forward, in the continuance of their work, they were hindered. Their opposition led them to discouragement. Their discouragement led them to negligence. Their Negligence led them to an inward focus upon their own affairs. How many of you know it's easier when you're focused on your own stuff that you don't have quite the resistance from the enemy whenever you're just concerned about your own stuff? Say amen. But when you're concerned about the testimony of the Lord, when you're concerned about building that up in your life and in your community, in your church, you're going to be met with opposition. So that's exactly what began to happen. And so because they probably Like the little bit uh, of relief that they got by doing that they became inward focused concerned about the building of their own homes the building of their own uh, things but we realize those things always end in emptiness Uh, the prophet was raised up by God and he said to these people who were the remnant keep in mind now but even the remnant can grow weary negligent and even cold in their relationship with the Lord and he said consider your way you have sown much and bring in little you eat but you have not enough you drink but you're not filled with drink you are clothed but you there is no none warm and he that earneth wages earneth wages to put them in, into a bag with holes that's the way of this old nature that's the way of this temporary life you're always eating but never full you're always drinking but still thirsty you're always putting on clothes and buying clothes come on but you're never satisfied. You're still cold. You're still empty in that. You're always making money and if you could just make a little more you'd be satisfied. But the more money you make, you put it in bags and when you put it in the bags the bags have holes in it and it just runs out and it's empty and you're left empty no matter how much you make, no matter how much you do no matter how much you try to fill the void that's in this life it remains empty no matter how many championships you Win, no matter how many promotions on the job you get, no matter how much popular that you become, no matter how many likes or followers you get on your social media pages, you know you're depressed. You know you're empty. Why? Because you're putting things in bags with holes. You're filling up something that will never be filled. And he said to these people, consider your ways. And he began to speak by the, by the living God's word. And he said, and the Lord Lord stirred up the remnant that were there. And I thank God they were able to be stirred. Amen. Thank God that a word could come and stir the depths of their being. Wake them, shake them and bring them out of their sleep and their cold and their callous. And the Lord said speak these words. He said by Haggai the Lord's messenger. And he said to the people I am with you saith the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of the son of Sealtiel, the governor of Judah and the spirit of Joshua the son of Jehoshadak which was the high priest and the spirit of the remnant of the people and they came and they did work in the house of their God. Isn't it wonderful when God could Send the word into the church and he can stir not just the pastor not just the priest not just the leadership but he can stir the people he said they were stirred for the work they got their eyes off their own stuff and they got their eyes back on the things of God back on the house of God they opened up their altars again they began to pray one more time they began to lift their hands and worship again they began to pay attention Hey, they wasn't hanging out in the foyers and they wasn't hanging in the back drinking coffee. No, no. They were found in there stirred by the Holy Ghost, worshiping and seeking God. Hallelujah. Giving praise this morning. I want to tell you there's nothing more wonderful than for God to send a word and stir his people again. I want to tell some people God is sending a word to you this morning. He's talking right to you and he's trying to stir your spirit the remnant of God here again. You used to be a part of the remnant but you drifted. You got caught up in other things but the Lord's trying to stir you again. See God puts the words in the mouth of a man again God and it's still the answer today no matter what kind of strategies we develop no matter what kind of resources we utilize it's still a man who's consecrated to God speaking for God in our day. We don't need your silly opinion. We don't need your logic. We don't need your scientific methods. We need somebody that's filled with the Holy Ghost. They declare one more time. Hear the word of the I tell you, God's talking to all of us. He's talking from the front to the back, to the teenagers on the back row, to the parents all the way across wherever they are under the sound of our voice. God's talking to us, and he's trying to wake us to a reality that he is soon to come and take his bride from this earth. Thank God for a preacher. You see, the hearts of the people were stirred by this message, and they returned to their work. Nothing more wonderful than to see that. But right in the beginning stages of the revival, the Lord had to bring a second message for the encouragement of the work. He knew they would be met with opposition. It would be slightly different, but it still would bring enough to bring discouragement to their labor again. He said to the people there, who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? You see, he knew there'd been a comparison among those that had seen the glory of Solomon's house and compare it to the glory of this current and present work of God but let me tell you friend we're here on the assignment that God has laid before us I believe the Lord has stirred my heart even this morning and begin to say to me you were born for this time you were born for this moment and I believe that God would speak to all of us here today if you've got breath in your body You were born for this time. You were born for this moment. The church was born for adversity. It was born in adversity. And it will always continue in adverse conditions. But it's a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You're born for this time. You were born for the moment. 2020. God has called you for now. Right now. And the Lord has a purpose in his great eternal plan. That he's engrafted you and I into. And he's called us for this time. He's called us to be for his testimony. Just like Daniel served. Just like Moses served. Just like Abraham served. Jacob and all down the line. And all the heroes of the great They served their generations. They fulfilled their testimony. They carried the testimony of Christ. And I believe you and I are not going to just carry it in this generation, but we're going to usher it out of here. Hallelujah. Give him praise if you believe it. Righteousness is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea it won't always be plagued with sickness darkness and depravity righteousness will cover the earth and you and I that have been engrafted in will rule and reign with Christ forever I said we'll rule for Christ forever when the nations of this world are in hell for 15,000 years we'll be at the throne of God when leaders and kings and presidents are crying with weeping and gnashing of teeth you and I will be at the throne i shall behold him and i will be like him as he is i will see him hallelujah i said i will see him as he is glory we're going to see the lord folks what have I to dread? What have I to fear? If I awake, I will be like him. Paul said, "I it'd be better. I'd rather leave this body and go on. He said, because to me, for to me to live is Christ, but to die is king. What's the devil going to bring to you? Death, friend? The grave? No, no. The sting of death has been taken. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. My God. We'll praise him for eternity goes long. Hallelujah. The sting of death is gone, friend. There's nothing to fear in this life. We shall be with the Lord. I want to tell you today, let your heart be stirred. God is not in the business of us comparing as things are today on what they used to be. I lived in that mess long enough. I just know what God's called me to do. I want to tell you no matter how minuscule, minute, or minimized the devil or people try to make the ministry or the church, or the work God's called you to, if you know it's the work he's called, then I say to you what God said to them. He said, be strong, O Zerubbabel. Be strong, Joshua. Be strong, all you people of the land. And work for I am with you. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, you need to get in your spirit this morning. telling you I am with you and those things are strategically spoken by the Holy Spirit of God folks I tell you we just believe you know we, we just kind of brush off when the Lord's talking sometime or even what the scripture says I met a lot of people they only think God speaks when they show up to church come on now I said, they believe God only speaks when they're there or when they're listening. And I tell you, God forever speaks, and His Word is settled in heaven. And when God says it, he spoke it. It will not return, boy, friend. It'll put you on one side or the other of it. It'll put you on judgment side. Or it'll put you on blessing and obedience side. But when this word goes forth, i tell you, it's going to bring you, leave you on one side of it or the other. It will not return unto him void. I am with you is an important thing that you and I must get into our spirit as well as they did. You see, God will... When he talks, if we could reverse time and gain messages and messages in tongues and interpretations and recordings of what our pastor said. If you went back, I guarantee you the last five years, God would have said a lot of things that has brought us right here where we are. But too many of us brushed off what he said and we wasn't prepared for the moment. I'm going to tell you, God is saying something because he knows you're going to need what he says. You got to get it deep down in your heart. So when he talks to you on the mountain, don't forget what he said. When you're in the valley of the shadow of death, that God is the same God that he was on the mountain. And it's the same word he said there. It's the same word that applies down there. But you got to have it in your spirit or the devil will want to take that away from you. You'll begin to question everything. You got to go back to what God said when you were in the mountain when you were in the glory, don't you forget what he spoke to you. And he said to these people, I am with you. I am with you. Hallelujah. He'll never leave, nor will he forsake. The Lord said, why? Why is it important to know this? Because the next thing God is going to begin to unveil to them is the process of things that he intends to do. He says in verse number six, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land and I'll shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come and I'll fill this house with glory saith the Lord of hosts the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former saith the Lord of hosts and in this place will I give peace saith the Lord of hosts the reason why you and I have to hear in the light God's word that he is with us because he knows to bring about greater glory then they have to go through a process called the shaking if the latter glory is to be greater than the former glory that tells me something today the greater glory is still to come I said the greater glory is still to come I don't believe the greatest days of the church are behind her I believe that the greatest days of the church are now and even in the front hallelujah I said the greatest days weren't in 1902 or three or 1901. The greatest days are now. He saved the best wine for now. He's ready to pour out of his spirit. Our best days are in the front to focus on the glory side of things, especially as Pentecostal people. But we fail to realize a lot of times that before the greater glory can be accessed and released and the house is filled with it, there has to be another element that comes beforehand. And God said that is the shaking. You cannot separate these two elements, though we've tried to disconnect them. You cannot separate the shaking from the glory. Obviously, it would be good if we could have revival during a time of prosperity. You better hear me this morning, but I think that we all have known in our heart of hearts that something like this would have to happen. Why? Because there are just some people who are never going to wake up and they would never, some people ever look up and they would never get up and they would never grow up unless they were forced to, unless they have to, Come on. I said, so God has to let the shaking come to get you where he desires you to be. He knows you'd be out fishing if you could. Come on now. He knows you'd be at a ball game if you could. But you can't. You can't. Oh, no. What we prayed for for years. The gods of the world to become secondary to the things of the Lord have now taken place before our very eyes. Who would have thought we would ever see such a time when the things that men cover up their sin... Run from the conviction and the still small voice of the Holy Ghost among the shouts of crowds, among the the stuff of this life. That stuff is no longer there. And they are left with a very, very quiet place of nothing but to hear the voice of call to them come come unto me to consider your sin consider your life and your eternity is on the forefront of many minds today I do believe that we know this must have been the shaking of God works to affect us all I will say this both on an individual level and on a corporate level but it always is for the purpose of preparing for the coming glory you better say amen right there I said it's always for the purpose of the coming glory. You might be there today. Maybe you're right in the middle. Your whole world is being shaken. Our earth, no doubt, from nation to nation is being shaken right now in the present moment. It may be hard for many to find traction. You might be looking to the Lord just to give you some help, looking for hinds feet as you begin to slip in the unstable environments of this life. But I got a word for you this morning. Just remember what God said to you and I before all of this began to take place. He said, don't you be afraid for I am with you. God is about to fill this house and this earth with his glory. And you are to give him praise for that today. See, I submit to you this morning that the intense trouble and the beginning of sorrows that we are currently facing isn't create, it is creating an environment, but it's not one for failure and it's not one for depression, but rather for the greatest revival and the greatest harvest and the greatest opportunity for the church that we have ever seen and that we have ever known in our lifetime. I said, get ready. What is the purpose of the shaking, Brother Jeremy? Verse 27 of Hebrews 12 says, And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made. That those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Oh, my. Why is there got to be a shaken preacher? I'll tell you why. Because a lot of people have built their foundation of their life, has been built upon things that are made. They've put their efforts in earthly and worldly goods. they spent their lives building four okays that may not be there. They've invested their time. They've lost the relationship with their children because they're too busy making money, because they're too busy with their personal hobbies and their personal agendas and their selfish ways. They had no time for the house of God. They'd rather see little junior hit a home run than to see him baptized in the Holy Ghost. I said, come on. I said they'd rather see him make the all-star team than they would be able to quote the B-I-B-L-E and know the word of God hidden in their heart. Rather to see him call to missions, desires we never attained in our flesh because you wish it was you and you stunk at sports now you want your kid to be the hero and if that's the way God takes him then my God let him do it for the glory of God I said let him do it for the glory of God I could. that's just one little example it could be a thousand things folks I'm just highlighting the things we've sacrificed because we thought other things were more important than the things of God. And now we wonder, when none of that's there, what do we do? What do we do? When the only thing I was going to live for was such and such thing this year, and now it's no longer there. What are you going to do? All it's telling you is, these are things... That remain. These are things that are made, rather. These are things that are made. A very prominent athlete of our generation passed away this year, and I don't know the condition of his eternal soul, but he, did, but he died with a lot of awards and five major national titles. But let me tell you, there's only one win that matters, friend. When you die, There's only one trophy and win that matters. And Paul said that I may win Christ. That I may win Christ. Because that is the only thing worth attaining. I tell you when you lead this life. Only one win you'll take with you. And that's if you won him. Amen. 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 Christ and Christ alone. Is all that will matter in the end. I want to tell you. These must things must be to reveal the things that are made and to separate them from the things that cannot be shaken. We are are fully aware, I'm sure, of how that Jesus spoke of the wise and the foolish builders. We know how that one of them built their house because he heard the words of Jesus and he obeyed them and he built his house upon the rock. And there was another who heard but didn't do, and he likened him to building his house upon the sand. But how many of you know only one thing could remove the, or reveal the foundation? The storm, the shaking. Only the shaking can reveal the foundation of your heart and your life. You can look well today, but storms reveal foundations shakings reveal what we've built our hope and life upon. I hope that we could all say in the end that I put put my hope on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Now for the most part, we have been conditioned to only think upon the negative side of the shakings while neglecting the positive results that ultimately come out of it. I want you to hear me this morning. Haggai 2 and 7 says I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come. What is one of the products of the shaking of the nations? It is that the desire of the nations shall come. The desire and what I believe it to be this morning is the central longing of all the nations. I said the central longing of all of the nations the aching and the craving of the human heart and the deep longing for the restoration from its decayed condition Romans 8 and 19 through 22 speaks concerning this and Paul said that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now there's an aching there's a longing not just in the heart of men, but even in the creation, even in the nations, even in the ocean, even in the foundations, even in the mountains, there is a craving, there is an aching, there is a longing. The earth is shaken now. More earthquakes recorded than ever before. Why? Because the earth is groaning. I said the earth is groaning, and it's crying for redemption. It's crying for restoration. It wants the original condition. He's ready to be redeemed and so are the empty hearts of men while they die by the multitudes, while they perish in the successes of life, yet they're empty, they're depressed and they've got more than they've ever had before. There's a longing and aching and emptiness that only God can feel. but the desire of nations is going to come. Albert enslaved concerning the creation and the better self longed to be free every motion of grace in the multitudinous multitudinous heart of man was a longing for its deliverer every weariness of what it was every fleeting vision of what was better every sigh from out of its manifold ills were notes of the one very cry come and help us come and help us man's heart formed in the image of God could not but ache to be reformed by and for him through an unknown God who should reform it but we know that God has a name and his name is Jesus of the nations oh that the nation of the country of Italy would cry in the midst of death and depravity Jesus come and heal our land Then America would cry again out of its stubborn obstinacy against God out of its pride and reprobate mind out of its arrogance that believing it could never be brought down but a little virus that nobody has an answer for has brought up people of God would fall to their knees one more time and say God heal our land hallelujah 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 one more time that our president would buckle under the weight of the pressure and would say there's only one answer I have no solution but Jesus, but he's the answer to all things that prideful, arrogant homosexuals that have paraded their abomination in the streets before almighty God would realize there's a Christ whose bleeding stripes were for them, whose nail scarred hands cries out, and every drop of blood says, you can be free from your vile desire. You can be set free from, from, from such an evil sin, from the dedictions of this drugs and alcohol nation like we've never seen before that they could be free. I've witnessed free men here today in this church. There's a pastor of this house that can say what it's like to be made free by the power of Jesus, but only he can make free. The production of pharmaceuticals and street drugs, whatever it may be, is for one purpose, and that's to lock the souls of men into bondages of sin forever. Unclean spirits are playing for keeps, friend, and if he can get your mind, he can get your soul, and he can carry you to a devil's hell. But I say there's one greater today. I say there's one greater. There's one that can run to the addiction. There's one that can run to the man about to put the needle in his arm, and he can say, you can go free. Let the chains be broke, friend. Let's run and tell him there's a reason. His name is Jesus and his blood will flee you again. Hallelujah. I believe that Jesus Christ is the desire of the nations. All the nations will be shaken and the desire of nations shall come. I tell you it will be wonderful when the Lord has gathered us from all across, every tribe, every tongue, every kindred, every race, made us priests and kings to our God, and we shall cry, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive honor and glory and power and wisdom and wealth. Amen. He is worthy of our praise. Isaiah 26 and 8 says, Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee, the desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee the psalmist said in Psalm 27 and 4 one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple would to God that be the cry of the church again one thing they desired not a thousand things but one thing that they desired the desire of all nations will come his name is Jesus Secondly, he said there will be peace in the house. Seven years ago, the Lord said to me, as I came across this verse, he said, Jeremy, it was at, at least seven years ago, the Lord said to me, Lord, He, the Lord said to me, Jeremy, one of the greatest manifestations of my spirit in the last days won't just be the crippled walking and the dead raised alive. He said, one of the greatest manifestations you'll see in the last closing hours his peace in my house hallelujah he said peace in my house there's a longing there's a craving there's a hunger for the peace that passes the understanding and God said in this place will I give peace amen he said the glory of the ladder will be and in this place I'll give peace saith the Lord. John 14 and 27 Jesus said peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth. Give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Isaiah said that he'll be called the prince of peace. He said when he stepped out in the midst of the storm the disciples were troubled and afraid. He said to the winds and waves peace be still. One of the greatest manifestations Stations, you and I will witness now in this last hour is the peace in the house of God they'll knock down our doors and say can you give us some peace I say we can he's the prince of peace and his name is Jesus give him praise this morning you see we usually see the shaking I got something to say this morning sit tight I'm glad this cloud covers here today you see usually we see that i'm going as fast as i can you usually we see the shaking as things coming apart when reality a shaking is what god uses to put things together in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37 you're very familiar with the valley of dry bones and the prophet said the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord set me down in the midst of an open valley which was full of bones he caused me to pass by them round about and behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry and he said to me son of man can these bones live and I answered O Lord God thou knowest again he said to me prophesy to the bones and say to them oh you dry bones hear the word of the Lord thus saith the Lord God to these bones behold I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and I will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Last night when I was going over this scripture I said I began to pray for every person affected with the coronavirus and I began to speak to those people and I said hear the word of the Lord let the breath of God come into you. I called the names of people I know. I said you're going to live. May the breath of God fill your lungs. Let it fill the lost before they die and go to hell. Raise them up by God so they might be saved and see the glory of God. The man of God said so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise. Now watch this. And behold a shaking and the bones Separated bones that were disjointed are now coming together. Hallelujah! Sounds pretty good to me, amen. I said it sounds pretty good to me. The word means to approach. Coming together means to approach. Causatively bring near for whatever purpose. Bones that had been divided. Bones that had been disconnected. Having pulled away by an outside force from their rightful place in the body. And now they are being brought near and they're coming back together. Why? Because of a shaking. Sounds like you to me come on somebody I said sounds like unity to me hallelujah what's the result of the shaken preacher I say it's God ordained unity in the house of the Lord shout and give him praise this morning (laughs) unity is deeper than just everybody getting along I don't got time to repeat things, so you just need to hear the first time. (laughs) Unity in the mind of God is everyone in their place, functioning in that place in the Holy Ghost, which constitutes the body of Christ. You see, we know about the glory of the early church. How did they came together in one mind and one accord? This is the standard of spiritual excellence in the corporate body. It was a unanimous thing. You had men and women gathered all in one place. All at the same time. All wanting the same thing. All wanting it in the same way. Now I got to say that again. He had men and women gathered together in one place at the same time. Wanting the same thing. All wanting it in the same way and you know what happened? They got it. I said, they got it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I said, they got it, child of God. You see, you can come into the house of God, and you can put nothing into it. You can come into the house of God, and you can take nothing away from it. You can get along with everybody, but that doesn't mean you're in biblical unity. But when you and I come in, and we assemble ourselves, and we connect ourselves together, like that, like God desires, then God can come and he can command his blessing there. The shaking of Ezekiel's boneyard was a result of a prophetic fulfillment of a word given. But why is there shaking today? I say because God said there would be one. The enemy has worked overtime, utilized every means possible, had great success in dividing the body, separating people from their God-ordained place in in the church. Prosperity has been a key cause and have moved people out of the church that has pulled apart the body of Christ and God's people. You say, how is that, Brother Jeremy? What's wrong with prospering? Nothing. As long as it keeps you in your God-ordained place, there's nothing wrong with it. But well, I can find out if you study the history. You'll find that when people started doing real good, they started getting busy with other stuff. Come on, somebody. You 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 say, what happened to brother so-and-so? Oh, i tell you what happened. His business exploded. I figured that's what it was. I figured that's what it was. This happened or that happened. Yeah, figures. He's doing too good today, isn't he, to be where God has designed for him to be. But I can tell you, when that begins to happen, when you become locked down with many secular obligations and there's good Christian people who have been locked into this trap because they're unwilling to say no. You've obligated yourself to things that Jesus did not obligate you to and because of that you're defeated. Because of that you're weak spiritually and because of that you're not where God wants you to be and when you're locked to those things you don't need one another like you used to need the church. You don't need People like you used to need them, and you started pulling away. You had other things to rely upon, so the shaking is what God is going to use to put people back together. Oh, my! We got to hurry here. People have no time for revival anymore because they have too many things going on. I dare not speak of the little g gods of our day. Come on. Our fallen society has placed more and more of a demand on people taking their time, attention, and zapping every ounce of divine strength and energy they have. And the end result is a separating from the body and a lost desire to be in the place of God. But guess what? School ain't taking all your time no more, is it? Listen, I don't want to do homework when I get home. My kids has been at school for eight hours. Come on. I know I'm probably going to get some flack from a lot of teachers right there. Hey, come on. I'm just telling you, folks. I'm not coming to every event you have and giving to every fundraiser you have. Getting quiet now. Getting quiet now. I'm just telling you, I'm not going to be locked into a system of this world. Commanded my time and attention and robbing me of the most precious things in my life. I'm not coming to practice seven days a week. My son's a good athlete. I can promise you. But I promise you this. We're not going to find our life consumed with the things of this life. Amen. He needs to burn some energy. Come on now. I said he needs to burn energy. We're going to do what we can. But I'm just telling you I'm not going to be a slave to the system of this world. There's something beyond this natural life. I know we don't like to hear it i don't like no we don't like when our little gods start being chipped away and brought down but let me tell you folks god is already before us causing things to fall right before our eyes listen the end result is a pulling from the body if it wasn't all going on you'd be at church when they scheduled extra set of meetings I see I've struck a nerve here this morning. Might as well camp out a little bit. How quick you want to get out of here? Start getting with me then. Come on. Let your little junior have a t-ball game. The same night you have revival, and I can tell you where the family won't be. I had a pastor tell me one time, well, it's hunting season. I don't we better not do revival. That may, let's do it. I want Come on. It ain't just people play balls, folks. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. Well, don't come this way. No, two weeks we got gun season. These two weeks. Yeah. So you want me to come and you want we're won't ask God to bless this little bit of time we gave him. We're going to squeeze God in this couple window of opportunity when we put everything else before him and we're going to come ask God to bless our couple little days when we have nothing else to do. Just let a shaking come. I can tell you, you won't be worried about anything except for getting in the place where God's called you to be, coming to his house and finding yourself in an altar of prayer and in the presence of the Lord. The Bible teaches us that we are members of his body. We are a bone of his bone. It also teaches that a bone of his cannot be broken. John 19 and 36 says, for these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of his shall not be broken, but they can be disjointed. Psalm 20 2 and 14 says I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint that's the prophetic word concerning the Messiah a bone of his can't be broken but a bone of his can be disjointed in essence if it's a bone of the Lord then he'll always be working to get that bone white right, right into its rightful place God is telling Ezekiel I'm putting people back together I don't build buildings I don't build systems I build people. Glory. I build people. That's what God builds. You may look and think it's impossible. But I tell you if it's of him it will not be broken. The shaking is not going to separate us. Though we may be experiencing that as a church as a whole right now. Of pulling apart. Of people that cannot assemble like we desire to assemble. I can tell you the shaking is not going to separate us. It's going to bring us closer together than we've ever been before. I believe people are going to come back into this house. That have allowed themselves to be separated. Don't be surprised when you see them walk through the back doors of your foyer. What are you going to do, church? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to love them back. You're going to welcome them in. They're not broken. They're disjointed. But God is shaking them back in and he's putting them back together and the glory shall fill. Ephesians 2, 19 and 2, 22 says, Now, therefore, you're no more strangers and foreigners. I preach less than an hour right now. Say amen. We're not even to an hour. And I know how long Pastor Jared preaches. Come on, somebody. Now, therefore, you are no more... Str- i got 40 minutes ahead of him. Now, therefore, you're no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God, and are built upon a foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the build and fitly framed together groweth up in a, t- a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Ephesians 4, 16 says, for whom the whole body fitly joined together compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase into body into the edifying of itself in love you see bones are what creates the infrastructure of the church it's here where the morrow is created which make the platelets for the blood which in turn creates the clotting element that keeps you from bleeding to death why do you need the church? I tell you why you need the church? Because life has a lot of sharp objects out there, and you're going to get cut up by the world. But if you're not at the place where the platelets of Christ can rush to your wounds, then you're going to stand the chance of bleeding out. How many have been cut before here? But I want to tell you, you might get cut in the week out there. This is why we need the assembling of God's people. You're going to get in the week, but then you're going to find yourself on the way back to church and when you come in the doors somebody's going to be loving on you and the pastor's going to exhort you and the choir's going to sing there's power in the blood, there's victory in Jesus my God, there's healing, there's joy, there's salvation, there's deliverance and then all of a sudden the platelets of the blood of Jesus are going to rust through the the people. Joints are going to begin to make increase. It's going to saturate the atmosphere. The life of God, which is in his blood, begins to rush to the wound that's in your life, and you don't bleed out. Why? The clot forms, and you got strength to go on. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then the Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And we've got fellowship with one another. You need the ministry of the body because life is going to cut you up. But the blood is going to clot you up. And you will go on to victory. Somebody give him praise for it. devil is a liar folks the church is going to assemble again because that's the result of the shaking it's coming together like never before God's going to fill his house with glory I wouldn't stand before you to preach here if it wasn't for the body and the blood divine connection points are also established Bones come together, bone to his bone. Listen to me. I'm going to bring this down as quick as I can. That is right people to the right place. Some people ain't in the church they need to be in. They're not. They've been pulled apart from their divine connection. And they're in places where they don't belong. But the shaking is going to put you where you need to be. See, it does matter. One of the greatest lies ever sold to this nation is, it don't matter where you go to church. Well, at least they're going somewhere. No, 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 that's bad. That's bad. It does matter where you go. It does matter where you go. Your children are dependent on where you go. Your life has been, well, I'm so so big, I can do it anywhere. No, you can't. You're going to find yourself eventually so disconnected. You won't just be disconnected from the rightful place. You'll be disconnected from God. I've seen it a thousand times. People have allowed themselves to be disjointed, disconnected. They're not where they need to be, but they're coming to where they need to be. Listen, God has a place for you to be as a believer. And I wouldn't take the time to emphasize it I didn't think it was important. And I'm going to bring it down as the sun begins to shine here. But I want to tell you, the verse tells us, this verse in 1 Corinthians 12 and 18, For now God has set many members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased Him. This verse tells us that man does not choose where he wants to serve in the body of Christ, and that his divine placement is something that is solely dependent upon God's choosing, as it pleases Him. God has a place for every single believer, and if this place is not maintained then not only does the body suffer, but also the individual. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 and 28 says, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. And one member is honored. All the members should rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. But here's what I want to tell you. God has shown me that this is far deeper than the natural realm of things. I always just looked at it as the outward condition of a man being afflicted that everyone suffers. But I believe that God has showed me that because this is a heavenly body, that this is deeper than just your natural man being afflicted. This condition goes further and deeper than that because it's your spiritual condition that does matter you might be sick and it doesn't affect me really as you think it might would or you think that it might affect others as as it would not that you might not be the concern for the natural man but this spiritual condition is more vital because where you're not in your whether or not you know it if you're not in your place spiritually where you ought to be then it has a great effect our relationships are not natural they are spiritual and outside the realm of consciousness I believe the Holy Ghost all always works to unify the body by bringing these relationships together up into the head, which is Christ. For we have, for the most part, have such a low view of the church. But yet, if we would see it as God sees it, we would see that even right now, whether we're hearing what God's saying in this moment or paying attention to other things, you see how detrimental that could be. See, if you're at Walmart right now, you're not in the unity of this body. Are you with me? Paul said, For Demas have forsook me, loving this present world. The now, immediate, present, Demas left his divine connection, and many leave for the enhancement of their natural man. But I want to tell you, you better get somewhere that enhances your spiritual man. Because the breath only comes to a body that's connected properly and covered properly. Brother Russell, as you come, are you here? Brother Rafe, everyone in their place, satisfied in their place, God will cover it. Listen, you're not called to be everything in this church. You're called to be what God's called you to be and be where God's called you to be. I beheld, and lo, the sinews of the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above. The sinews, I believe, are the bond of peace. The skin, I believe, is the overcoming life of Christ. And in closing, I want to tell you that I can't talk about the shaking without talking about the book of Acts chapter 16. And I'll only hit the highlights of what I believe that God would have us to know. You're familiar with Paul and Silas in the prison cell, are you not? And how they sang praises to God and prayed in the darkness of that prison. The Bible says that as they did that, suddenly there was a great earthquake. How many know that shakings can come suddenly? Amen. Amen. They don't always bring a lot of warning with them. I don't want you to miss this because it's important that you hear. Because right before us, I believe we're living in this moment. I want you to see three things that the shaking produces out of this scripture. Number one, the shaking will produce opportunities. The Bible says that when the foundation of the prison was shaken, watch this, and immediately, immediately, all the doors were opened. That's opportunity. Doors of ministry are going to open. People that have been closed off are going to open up to the message of the gospel. Secondly, everyone's bands were loosed. These are people or prisoners that were bound, many of them possibly their whole life, besetting weights and sins, captivated them, held them in bands. But now they are free men. But also, there are many believers, I believe, that are in bands today. They're hindered and they're held up by various things in this life But I believe that it's shaking It's not going to just open opportunities for ministry It's going to loose bands Won't it be wonderful when everyone's bands were loosed? Everyone's bands There wouldn't be a hindered person in the crowd Everyone's bands Loosed That's a wonderful thing you would stand with me. Lastly, there was the harvest that come as a result of that. Not only were bands loose, but a prisoner, a jailer, was awakened out of prison. This jailer, no doubt, had failed in his responsibility to keep the prisoners. When he saw that the prison doors were open, he was going to take his sword and kill himself. How many of you know, there's a lot of people probably right now contemplating taking their lives? There's somebody in here, we heard about it already, that God spared them and saved them. Would have took his sword and killed himself. Let me tell you, when the, when, when the uh, folks, I've met people. I, I met a young man one time who had a family. His dad, his dad's brothers, all were way high up in the stock market. These people were multi-millionaires. Stocks in oil, all this stuff. And this young man just happened to spend some time with him a couple of times. He stayed in our house one time and he was sharing with me about his uncle. He said he was a young man. He, had, he said he had so much money. He said, but when that, that market crashed at a certain point, he said he took a gun, went into the bathroom and shot himself. Because everything he, he had was gone in a second. You see, he would have took his sword and killed himself. That jailer would. But guess what spared his life? A voice from the dark place of the prison cried out and said, Do yourself no harm. We're all here. Folks, I want to tell you, God is calling the church in this hour because there are people who are wanting to take their sword and kill themselves. But you and I must be the voice right now that begins to call out to a hopeless world who everything they have built their lives upon are failing them but you and I need to be the voice that says do yourself no harm do yourself no harm we're all here how are you here because we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken things that are going to remain hallelujah Church, I'm here to say God is calling us to be a voice in this time. Do yourself no harm. We've got the answer. What are you doing? Folks, whenever the church is able to come back together, whenever it's allowed to come and assemble like it's supposed to in this time, they're going to be coming to our houses. And we're going to be doing the same thing we was doing before. It all started. Hallelujah. We're all here.